live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and yours, and a happy Friday, May 12th, the year 2023. Hope you're having a great one as we take you into the weekend. It's always a fun-filled Friday, and uh, we look forward to spending the next two hours with you. We couldn't get it done without my producer, James Mesh, who's inside the Master Control Suite in the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming everywhere. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Sunbelt Conference Softball Tournament. The Ragin' Cajuns get a 3-1 win over ULM to run their winning streak to 10 straight, 44-13 and 13 overall. And the beat goes on, hopefully, and continues today with a 7 o'clock first pitch in the circle against Texas State at Yvette Girard Field at Lamson Park. So good luck, Coach Glasgow and the Ragin' Cajuns. Meanwhile, the men's baseball team has a great opportunity in front of them as they host Texas State tonight at 6 p.m. When you look at the Sunbelt Conference standings, Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina are both 17-7. and seven. Two games back, Texas State at 15 and nine. One game behind Texas State are the Ragin' Cajuns at 14 and 10. A chance to move up to third in the Sun Belt. Improve your postseason tournament chances with a win today. So good luck to the Cajuns. Meanwhile, the LSU Baseball Tigers begins its final regular season home series tonight, 7:30 first pitch against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. On paper, looks like a series that LSU should have no problem winning. LSU is 16-7 and seven in SEC play. Mississippi State, a very disappointing 6-18. and 18. Um, Tigers are ranked number two in the nation. Bulldogs are unranked. Last in the league standings and coming off back-to-back weekends in which they were swept by Tennessee on the road and by Arkansas at home. So, remember, you don't play it on paper. And just like Auburn did last week, and I think you're going to see it more and more, Mississippi State will be 
pitching backwards against LSU. Instead of throwing their normal Friday starter, Cade Smith, they're going to send freshman Evan Ciari to the mound tonight for his first start. It's just smart. Just just a smart thing to do. A strategy that paid dividends for Auburn last weekend. Um, and we'll probably see it throughout the rest of this regular season. Skeens is so good. You want to take your best picture and give yourself a chance to win a game on the weekend. Ty Floyd has been scheduled to get the start for LSU on Saturday, Sunday, to be announced. We will have to wait and see. One series is over. Another has been extended in the NBA playoffs. My goodness gracious, did the Philadelphia 76ers miss a golden opportunity at home with a chance to end the series. The Sixers come up with a 13-point fourth quarter to get outscored by Boston by 11. They lose by 9, 95 to 86. He was awful in the first, in the second, in the third quarters. And then all of a sudden, Jason Tatum for the Celtics saw one go through the net. And that was it. Ended up with 19 points to go along with nine rebounds and six assists. Most of those 19 coming in the fourth period, and the Sixers just collapsed. That series is tied at three games apiece, which means there'll be a Game 7 Sunday in the Garden in Boston. How much chance do you give the Sixers of winning that one? We shall see. The Denver Nuggets are just too good. Just too good. They disposed of the Phoenix Suns. It wasn't even close. A 44-point first quarter. They led by 18 after one. They led by 30 at the half. And then they just put it on cruise control, ending the series four games to two with a 125-100 win over the Phoenix Suns. There's not a better player in basketball than Nikola Jokic of Denver. 32 points. 10 rebounds, 12 assists. He may not be the most artistic-looking player, but he just plays the game, and he plays it in a winning way. He controls everything. Jamal Murray had 26. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 21. Denver will have home court advantage uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs. They await the winner of tonight's game six between the Golden State Warriors and the L.A. Lakers as the series shifts to Los Angeles. Anthony Davis is ruled as probable for tonight. Andrew Wiggins with a little torn cartilage in the ribs. We'll see how much he can do. Can the Warriors extend and get a game seven back on their home turf? Uh, time they will be telling. We shall see. Before that ball game. Uh, another game six, Miami at home with a three games to two lead over the New York Knicks. So the playoffs have been all that and then some. And we shall see. We shall see. Um, good, 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 good stuff. Good stuff. LSU football uh, on the recruiting path. Um, Notre Dame running back Logan Diggs is in for a visit this Weekend In an interview with the advocate, Brian Kelly explained the need for another running back without mentioning Diggs or anyone else by name. He said Armani Goodwin, Josh Williams, they're both recovering from 
knee injuries and suggests that there's some question whether Gooden will be far enough along to be cleared for preseason camp. He also expressed some doubt as to whether Williams will be 100%. And, of course, there's still uncertainty surrounding John Emery's academic status. So stay tuned for all of that. LSU announced yesterday after we went off the air that its men's basketball team will participate in the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic on November 16th, 17th, and 19th at TD Arena in Charleston, South Carolina. Seven other teams will also compete in the 18 field, including Dayton, Houston, North Texas, St. John's, Towson, Utah, and Wake Forest. You know Houston will be good. St. John's with Rick Pitino taking over as the head coach. That always makes for some interesting stuff. The tournament is in its 15th year. More information as it gets closer and closer to the event. All right, our guest list today, Bill Frankens, will preview LSU versus Mississippi State baseball live from the box. We'll follow that up with uh, the schedule has been released for the New Orleans Saints. Um, they begin on at home, and they end the season at home. Um, apparently, it's the second uh, weakest schedule in the NFL, but uh, we shall see. There's a 10-game 10, 10 stretch from week two through week 12 in which the team plays just three home games. In fact, they have just two home Sunday games from after the September 10th game until they come home to play Detroit on December the 3rd. They also play in three straight home openers to start the season, including Carolina in week two, Green Bay in week three. So we'll go over the list with Catherine Terrell. It's been a while since we've had Catherine on, but we she will join us uh, this afternoon. Um, in hour number two, George Faust, sports director, KLFY, will join us, and we'll talk all things um, Acadiana and the Raging Cajuns, and then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make some NBA picks, some baseball picks, softball picks. Oh, my. We'll do it all. So that's the agenda for the day. We're so glad you're with us. Happy Friday. Let's take our first time out. Bill Franquez on deck here after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Well, we're back better than ever on this Friday, May the 12th. Another 
three-game weekend series about to begin for the LSU Tigers as uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they come to town. Bill Frank has the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Berkman Field, the longtime sports information director in charge of baseball, um, also does radio color, um, and we always enjoy talking to him. And he's kind enough to join us on yet another game day. William, how are you, sir? Hey, Jordy, I'm doing great. It's a nice, uh, warm uh, afternoon here in Baton yeah. Rouge. I feel like summer is, fi- is finally arriving. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we're looking forward to uh, the final home uh, regular season wow. weekend of the 2023 season. Can't believe it's already here. Uh, week 9 of SEC play. And uh, LSU in good position for an opportunity to win an SEC title. Of course, Tigers also are very highly ranked as far as RPI is concerned. So, yeah, definitely a lot to play for this weekend. Looking forward to some some big crowds and some nice warm weather. All right. So when you look at the SEC West standings, Arkansas at seventeen and seven, LSU is at sixteen and seven. Arkansas is at home against a very good South Carolina team. You never know yeah. what's going to happen there. On paper. LSU should have its way against Mississippi State. It was only six and eighteen, but we know you don't play yep. on paper. So right. once again, I think I see. I will not geniuses like me, Bill, will not be appreciated to well past my time. I've always said, <laughs> why throw your best against the best pitcher in baseball? Just concede that one. Try and win two out of three. And again, like mm-hmm. Auburn did, Mississippi State appears to be pitching backwards putting their best picture not on a friday but later on in the series but jordy you nailed it you you said it last week at this time when we were in auburn you mentioned that butch thompson was doing exactly that uh he was pitching a a reliever who had a limited number of innings uh, against paul Skeens, and auburn played a very competitive game in game one but uh, lsu and paul Skeens defeated auburn three nothing it was you know very Close game, obviously, all the way until the to the end, and then Auburn goes ahead and wins the next two. So it worked yeah. well for Auburn and Mississippi State, looking to employ the same strategy as they're going with the young man uh, Evan Ciari, who's a right-hander who's uh, has an ERA of six point two, has only worked twenty-four and two-thirds innings. This will just be his third start of the year and only his thirteenth appearance of the year. So it does appear as if Chris Lamonis, the Mississippi State head coach, is employing a similar strategy uh, in a sense. You want to use the term conceding of the game with, with LSU throwing Paul Skeens, hoping to steal it somehow, and then perhaps looking ahead to Saturday and Sunday as better opportunities to, to secure wins. Yeah. But, yeah, it worked last week for Auburn, uh, and hopefully uh, LSU can secure game one tonight and then go on and win the series, which they were unable to do last weekend. This is a this is a great rivalry. One of the few teams that actually leads uh, the overall series yeah. with LSU um, so this thing goes back a long, long time, but LSU's kind of dominated of late 13 of the past 15 SEC regular season series. They've beaten uh, the Bulldogs. So I know you're getting tired of being asked this, but I've got to ask it because I haven't asked you. We know it's going to be Paul Skeens. We know it's going to yes. be Ty Floyd. Yes. What are we going to do on Sunday? <laughs> That's a great question. I, Again, I by no means I'm in the meeting with with the Jay Johnson and Wes Johnson about the pitching rotation. But it just looks like to me that um, you know, Gavin Gidry might be someone they'll consider as a starting pitcher on Sunday. 
Uh, they started him in the midweek game back on May 2nd against Southeastern. He pitched very well in that outing, uh, going two and a third innings. They extended his relief outing on Sunday against Auburn. He went three and a third innings through 66 pitches, which was the longest of his very young freshman career. So it appears to me as if they were looking maybe perhaps for an opportunity to, to give him a start by extending him in that weekend appearance last week at Auburn. And he pitched really well against Auburn. That, that Jordy was really the only bright spot of that game. That was that 12 to two, eight inning win for Auburn. And, and really Gidry was the only a guy who performed at, at a really high level. And after the game, Jay Johnson made a point to emphasize how impressed he was with Gidry's character, his composure, uh, his hunger. He mentioned his desire and hunger. He said, we need more pitchers to pitch with that type of, uh, of urgency. And so I think he really likes Gidry. So maybe uh, the young man has earned an opportunity to be a starter on Sunday. But if I had to, to guess right now, I'd say they'd be leaning in that direction. You know, Thatcher Hurd's another uh, possibility. But, you know, I think they like the way Hurd is pitched in relief. He, he looked awesome uh, back last Friday in late in that game against Auburn. Got to save. Uh, retired three straight Auburn batters, has great stuff, uh, had two strikeouts. So I, I, I like, uh, personally, I like Hurd in the bullpen. So, but I, okay. I would say Gidry and Hurd would be the two primary candidates uh, for a Sunday start, in my opinion. You've seen it all. And um, so if you say you like uh, Thatcher Hurd coming out of the bullpen, I'm all for it. Let's give Gidry a shot and see what uh, see what he can do. How Ty Henry was really doing great. Um, and then they had that delay with the throwing the somebody in the yeah. gray jersey out, um, and there was a long delay there. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm kind of making an excuse there. Yeah, and and Jordy, Ty agrees with you. He, you know, he admitted afterwards, not not so much publicly, but just within the team, that he said, you know, I let that get to me. And I can't, and I should, I should be big, bigger than that. I should rise above mm-hmm. that. You know, I should, I should not, I should not have allowed that long delay to disrupt my rhythm. And, but I mean, how could he, how could it not disrupt his rhythm? It, it was a, you know, there was a, a lot of delays, a lot of deliberation uh, between the Auburn coach, Butch Thompson and the umpires who was thrown out, you know, who, sh- who should leave the dugout. There was all kind of confusion. And unfortunately, I think Ty Floyd was the one who ultimately paid for it by uh, being forced to, basically just pace around the back of the mound for a long time before he finally got back into the game. And then Auburn had seen at that point, just seized the momentum. The game totally changed yeah. after that. But before that, I mean, those first three innings that he threw, those are probably the best innings I've ever seen yeah. him in his career. He had nine strikeouts, Jordy, a career high in three innings. And three then innings. it just, crazy. It just unfortunately unraveled. So hopefully we'll, Ty will, will build on that performance, you know, shake off the, the fact that, it didn't end like we wanted it to, and he'll get, he'll deliver a, another strong get it, get off to a good start again tomorrow, and then continue it a deeper into the game. Ty Floyd, um, so much depending upon that. Golly sakes, alive. Um, okay, he's not in a slump, but four fifty sevens, four fifty seven. But but Dylan Cruz didn't have the greatest week for him. For right. anybody else, right. great, but for him, yeah. Um, number two in the nation with a 457 batting average, number two in on base percentage, number two in runs, number three in walks, number one in Tigers' hearts. Um, yep. What about Dylan Cruz? You know, Jordy, uh, Jay Johnson 
talked about Dylan this week, and he said that really it's remarkable that Dylan hasn't had a what he would describe himself as a bad weekend until this past weekend. Considering the way he's being pitched, you know that he rarely sees good pitches to hit, and and he and Jay pointed out that he could be more selfish and still swing at those pitches that aren't the best and get himself out. But he's such an unselfish player. He's patient. He takes the walks. He, he uh, only swings at pitches that are in the zone. And, you know, it, it's truly amazing that he is hitting 457 being pitched the way he is by opposing teams. So, yeah, granted, for, uh, by Dylan's standards, last week weekend was not, was not the best. But, man, he is such a force in, in that lineup, and he – uh, he commands so much respect uh, within the locker room, most importantly, but of course from other teams, as, as you would expect. So I would, ex- I would think that Dylan will be back uh, to, at, uh, <laughs> can't say at full strength. He's already at full strength, but he'll be. I think he'll make a big impact on this weekend for sure. Number two in the polls, number three in the RPI. First time all year, they're not number one. That doesn't concern me in any way, shape, or form. What concerns me, now you got a chance, if you take care of your business at home, you got a chance to possibly take back the lead in the SEC West with the season coming uh, dwindling as it is. What is, tell me about Mississippi State. What's happened to them? Boy, that's, that's a great question, Jordy. You know, two years ago, this team was the national champion, 2021 College World Series champions under Chris Limonis, who uh, it, it appeared at that time, man, they were just going to take over. It was the first baseball championship in, in the, a very storied history of Mississippi yeah. State baseball, but they had never won it under Ron Polk or John Cohen. They had been close. Had they, a ever few won times, a, but... had they ever won a national championship in any sport ever? No, but that's the. Yeah, you're right. This baseball was the first ever national championship yeah. in any sport for Mississippi State. Baseball. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And so, Lomonas obviously was the toast of the town in Starkville, and it's it's very strange. You know, I've heard some reporters and cover the team talk about it, and they they really don't have a good explanation for what what has happened. Uh, mm. You know, they they I mean, injuries naturally are part of it, but man, they, they have some talented players on this team. Uh, and some veteran players, guys who were major contributors to that national championship yeah. two years ago. So it's hard to explain what has happened, but this is the second year in a row now where they're at the bottom of the SEC. And, you know, it's it's, it's, it's really difficult to explain. But, however, you, when you look at their numbers, they do, have some imp- they do have some outstanding individuals. This kid, Hunter Hines, has 22 yeah. home runs on the year. He's second in the yeah. SEC in home runs. Uh, the starting pitcher tomorrow, Cade Smith, going into the year, was regarded as a, you know, a big-time MLB prospect. Now, his numbers haven't been very good. He's, he's battled some injuries. So, yeah, I think it's just been a combination of maybe some attrition, some injuries, and, and they just have not been able to, to play or, or match, certainly match that level of play that they had two years ago. They're number 10 in the SEC in team batting average. They're number 14 as a pitching staff. So it's the yeah. age-old cliche, Bill. Um, you can't let this team have any hope. You can't keep them in the ball game through extended right. innings. you got to put your foot down, right? Take the lead and yep. watch them crumble. I think so. You know, I, I think 
You know, last week uh, they played Arkansas in Starkville, and that's exactly what Arkansas did. Arkansas just pounded them all three games, in, in, in a sense, you know, broke their spirit. And, and, you know, I hate to put it in, in that harsh of a term, but that's what LSU needs to do. They need to, yes. to, to really press on the accelerator and not let up because uh, this is a very important time of the year for the Tigers. As we said earlier, we're ba- you know, battling for an SEC title, battling for a top-eight national seed. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, despite their record, has a lot of high-level SEC players. Jay Johnson has said this uh, basically about any opponent we play, but he said if Mississippi State was in any other league in the country, they'd be, be near the top of the standings not the bottom. The only reason they're near the bottom of the standings is because they're in the SEC. But in any other way, they'd be at the top. So that I love so certainly. A, I love coaches, prepared. Bill. I love how they motivate their teams. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm going to do my dance to try and keep the rain away, but we may be dodging yes, some please. bullets here and there. So it uh, might be a long night tonight, but it looks like the rest of the yep. weekend might be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, uh, Joey, we're, uh, we're, we're going to have um, – on Sunday, we'll honor our senior class. We'll also, uh, several players also yeah. graduating who, who are seniors yeah. but still have eligibility, so we'll recognize them as well. So looking forward to the, to the weekend. Again, the final regular season home weekend, and we encourage the fans to come out. Uh, yeah. Although, of course, we do expect to be back home in the postseason, but uh, final SEC home weekend is always a special occasion. Spend Mother's Day at the box. That's a good way yep. to do it, man. That's a good one. Uh, Bill, long weekend. Let's Good luck. Um, and uh, we always appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so much. Of course, Jordy. Oh, man, you're welcome. Okay. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, my man. Bill Franquez, LSU Baseball. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, shift gears. New Orleans Saints NFL Talk with Catherine Terrell next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And with that in mind, we've got them both tonight. The LSU Tigers get back on track in the SEC tonight when they open up a three-game series against Mississippi State. Pre-game begins at 7. First pitch is set for 7.30, and all of it can be heard right here on the game. Now, fresh off their series win over the Angels, the Houston Astros look to keep building momentum on the south side of Chicago when they open up a series tonight against the White Sox. Pre-game for the Astros begins at 640. First pitch is set for 710. And it can be heard on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 35, 36 minutes after the hour on this Friday, May the 12th. Uh, the NFL schedule is out. We know that the New Orleans Saints will open up at home against the Tennessee Titans. And then they'll close out the regular season at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Lots of games in between them, obviously. She's one of the most respected journalists in the NFL. She is the ESPN Saints reporter. She used to be with the Bengals. She used to be with the Saints before that, but we're thrilled that Catherine Terrell is back and better than ever, and she joins us now. Catherine, it's been a day and a half, but thank you so much for the time. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Um, I'm excited that uh, the Saints have rookie camp access tomorrow. We're actually going to get yes. to see some of these players on the field. Um, and then after that, uh, we go into OTAs and, you know, finally vacation time at some point. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited uh, for that. But, uh, no, it'll be fun to, to kind of see some of these players and what they can do in the next few weeks. You had to get back to better food and better music. I mean, nothing against uh, Cincinnati, but come on, you had to come back home, which is great, and we're thrilled that you're here. Uh, apparently the Saints have signed, I think, a hidden gem in this draft choice in Kendra Miller, the, the running back at TCU. He was a stud there. I don't see any reason why he can't be a stud in the NFL. Yeah, you know, there's a report that he just uh, completed his contract signing today. Um, I'm really excited to see him probably most of all. You know, the running back situation with the Saints is going to be so fluid uh, with Alvin Kamara's trial set for right. July 31st. So that's kind of going to be hanging over them for a bit, and no one knows if he'll get suspended or not. Um, so adding a, a third running back is it's really smart and really something needed if uh, – if Saints fans were watching two years ago, which I know they were, and um, they were just out of running backs and they had to trade for Mark Ingram, uh, you know, it, the depth goes so fast. It's kind of crazy. So it'll be kind of exciting to see how they manage these three backs and um, what they do with them. But the Saints used to love having their running backs be pass catchers. So, you know, maybe they'll try to spread the ball around a bit. Apparently, according to the, those in the know, the Saints have maybe the second easiest schedule in the NFL. I don't know how that other – I guess they're basing that on when you look at the schedule, you look at the quarterbacks they have to play. Um, the Panther, uh, Panthers with a rookie quarterback, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, the Buccaneers without Tom Brady. Uh, I guess – is that what they're basing it on? Um, I mean, it's, the strength of schedule is probably all based on last year's record, which is interesting because, you know, as you just said, it kind of seems like some of these teams just on the surface level got worse. Um, the Titans, I assume week one, they'll still be playing Tannehill. Um, you know, I guess you never know. They drafted a quarterback too. But, you know, with the Panthers, either you're going to be facing former St. Andy Dalton, who has a – on it, I mean, to be completely honest, has a very bad primetime record, hasn't won a primetime game since 2018. Or Bryce Young in his second week. Uh, then Packers, as you said, uh, with Jordan Love, Bucks, I assume Baker Mayfield. Baker, but, you know, yeah, it's Baker all Mayfield. these uh, fluid situations. It's the perfect opportunity for the Saints to get a jump on the schedule. And we'll just see if they take advantage of it. Patriots, you know, what's going on with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, the Texans uh, after that was C.J. Stroud. You got Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. That's okay. The Colts, who knows who their quarterback's going to be. You got Trevor Field with the Bears. Okay. You got uh, uh, our good friend with the Vikings, the Falcons, eh, Lions. Okay. Uh, Jared Goff. I think, I think, I, I think it is favorable, don't you? Yeah, uh, sorry, you broke up a little bit there. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy how many uh, uncertain quarterback situations they're facing this year. It should play into their favor, even though the Saints themselves have a new quarterback. He's pretty established at this point. Right. Catherine Terrell with us. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. We had a lot of Saints talk this week, and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked some of our other guests. Um, Of the Saints draft picks, of which there is the rookie minicamp going on this weekend, You'll get a chance to see them. Who do you hope 
It's a two-part question. Who do you hope has the biggest impactful year one season? And then who do you really think will have that most impactful season? That's a good question. I think if I were them, I would be hoping that Isaiah Foskey um, really kind of comes into his own quickly because – you know, Cam Jordan is about to turn 34 in July. They still haven't really seen anything out of first-round pick Peyton Turner, and it's going to his third year. You know, they have Carl Granderson going into his fifth or sixth year, but um, I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, he's going to be a super impactful player. I might be wrong. I think he had five sacks last year. Um, so you really need Foskey to, to step up. You need to find either the next Cam Jordan or – um, the person that replaces Peyton Turner if they can't, you know, get out of them what they expected when they drafted them. Um, but, you know, who knows? It'll pro- it could be Brian Brissett. Like, there's such a, a kind of question mark in the middle of that defensive line. I know that they signed two people, but those, to me, are kind of more the run-stuffing type. Uh, they need someone who can rush the passer from the inside. So when I look at their draft picks, I look at – both defensive linemen and how they can possibly usher in the next generation of defensive linemen. And the Saints, I think, badly need that after the way the last year or so went uh, on that front. I'm with you, Catherine Terrell, with us. Um, It's such a great story. I I mean, I I know the kid um, from Jesuit High School in New Orleans, came to LSU, went to the Raiders, and – I had that just, uh, I, could, I was shocked when I heard that, that he had that diagnosis. Apparently it's, it's progressed to the point where, wow, he's, he might, he might play this year, might be in mini camp, whatever, OTAs, whatever. Um, Foster Moreau, gosh, I hope he plays well. Uh, what a great story. And, and I've said it all along, you know, it, it's a cutthroat business. You see it, you know it. It's all about the bottom line. It's about money. It's about wins. And the player, eh. But this is a great story, and I, I'm I'm thrilled that the Saints did this. I, I just hope it all works out. Yeah, I do too. And um, what I hope is that people will temper their expectations a little bit early on. Yeah. I know that it is possible for Foster to get back on the field next week. I think that's the target, but it doesn't mean he's going to be going full speed anytime soon. I would assume. Right training camp is the goal, um, but you never know. You don't know how people respond to cancer treatment, how they're feeling, what their conditioning is like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the Saints believe that, or they wouldn't have signed him. I think they fully believe he's going to be an impactful player this season. And I hope that, too, for him um, because, you know, he's only 26 years old. Um, really unfortunate that this, you know, diagnosis came along, but I think that he's kind of shown the world he's a fighter, and um, I really, I do hope he has a good season, and the story kind of concludes in a great way, because, you know, he was really impactful, I think, uh, with the Raiders, and um, we'll see, but I'm with you. Like, I think it's great. I love hometown kid coming back to the Saints after everything that's happened in the last few months. Uh, he's a great kid. He's going to be great in the locker room. Uh, it's just, I, I just, I pray for the best. I'm thrilled that he's getting better. Uh, my goodness gracious. That's a, that's a, that's a tremendous story. All right. We got 17 games. So 
you, I know you've looked at it. You've gone, okay, this is a win. This is a loss. This is a win. They, uh, uh, I'm glad they're not going to Germany. I'm sorry. You have to unpack your luggage and put away your, uh, learn how to quickly understand the German language. But um, what do you think? What's, what's a reasonable given health. Okay. Given health, given Camara doesn't have to miss half the season. Uh, what do you think here? What's doable? I mean, look, I put in my prediction on ESPN last night that they they had every reason to be better than that weird three-way tie um, that they were in in the NFC South last year. I know they finished, you know, as we remember, it was kind of like limping to the finish who was going to make the playoffs, uh, even right. though no one seemed to really want it. I, I think there's every reason they finished first or second in the division. Their schedule sets up nicely. There are a few tough stretches. I think the toughest is honestly early. Um, the Monday night game at Carolina into the, the Green Bay game at Green Bay the next week is tough. And then um, at the end of the season, that Giants game into a cross-country trip to Los Angeles into yep. a Tampa trip, those are tough. Yep. But other than that, I think it sets up okay. They've got a ton of rookie quarterbacks they're facing. So they have an opportunity to do a lot here. And honestly, I don't think Dennis Allen will have an excuse that they don't because, you know, he, he got his guy, he got his quarterback. He's gotten to hire yes. his defensive coaches. This is becoming yes. his team. Um, so the Saints have every opportunity here. But as you said, um, injuries always seem to play such a big part. And we'll just kind of wait and see uh, if they get what? finally lucky on that what? front. Well, what number did you put? What did you give them? didn't make a prediction um oh i yeah i just predicted that <laughs> i mean maybe lame but they're not i they're not going to finish third or fourth in the nfc south this year I, i'm not ready to say they, they're going to win it but i think they can be in one or two yeah. for sure but i think Is, right now i would still be a little bit in the middle like i was last year maybe i'm a little more positive than i was because they now have their quarterback um okay. but you know, so I don't know. Right now, I'm looking at at ten and seven, but I know some people are already like, "Oh, they're going to win," you know, twelve. They're going to win thirteen <laughs> games or whatever, yeah. you know. But uh, there's always so many variables. Yeah. But you know, we'll we'll see. Like an OTA's training camp is going to give me a better uh, idea of who this team might really be this year. Catherine, don't get run over by some of the cars out there in, in that Crescent City. But um, any any word yeah, so on Michael sorry, Thomas? It's and- loud. I have my headphones in though. That's okay. Any any update? Has anybody seen Michael Thomas? How's he doing? Any any word there at all? Well, I know that Dennis Allen recently said on the Rich Eisen show that you know he's going to be ready for training camp, and we're going to talk to Dennis Allen this weekend. Um, it's uh, been a long road for Michael Thomas, but uh, I guess they're going to take it easy with him this year and and just kind of let him you know go slowly until camp. I think in the past. Um, they've probably, whether it was him or them or both, maybe tried to push him back too quickly. Um, I think he's mentioned things to that effect. So, you know, I think they're going to baby him a little bit and um, because if he's healthy, he's shown what an asset he is. But uh, I don't think we're going to see him at full speed anytime soon. I don't need to see him against the Chargers or the Texans in the preseason. Yeah, just, yeah of course I, not. No, just – yeah, don't even don't even attempt it. Just see if he shows up September 10th at noon inside uh, Caesar Superdome against the Titans. Catherine Terrell, uh, 
Glad you're back. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend, and football is back, at least for a couple of days. Vacation's right yeah. around the corner, so hang in there. <laughs> Anytime, uh, and I'm excited to have some updates for everyone tomorrow. You got it. We'll be following you on the Twitter account. Thank you, Catherine. Have a great weekend. That's Catherine yeah, Terrell, Saints reporter for ESPN. We'll take a time out here. We'll come back, um, wrap up our number one, set the stage for our number two after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, and Discount Outlets. Come on, you know what I say every day. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. Period. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you actually start playing D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, I-10, at the Henderson-Cecilia exit. It's a great stopping point on your trip. Or if you're getting ready to start your trip, they've got everything under the sun, including the best cheeseburger ever in their true soul food deli. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, you know, LSU opens up their football season in Orlando against Florida State. And today the Seminoles got some really good news. The highest ranked recruit from Mike Norvell's first full signing class at Florida State has officially finally joined the Seminoles two years after signing his national letter of intent. Destin Hill, a four-star wide receiver who signed with the Knowles in the 2021 class, has been added to the roster after dealing with a personal matter. Mike Norvell in the statement, I'm so very excited to have Destin Hillier officially in our program. He has showcased a tremendous amount of maturity and persistence as he dealt with a private family matter that delayed his enrollment. Remember, Destin was one of the best receivers in the country at Edna Carr High School in New Orleans. Uh, LSU wanted him, as did many, many others, he went to Florida State. He earned high honors academically. Um, he's got a six-foot, 200-pound wide receiver with speed to burn. Um, so he'll have impact as a receiver. He'll have impact in the return game as well. So Florida State just got a little bit better, um, and that's going to set up a titanic matchup in the first week of the college football season with LSU and Florida State neutral site in Orlando. We just remember the nightmare that was last year. Um, and so uh, should make for a really, really, really good ball game that the whole country will watch. And I think will jettison the winner of that game into the uh, 
uh, national championship conversation um, and the final four conversation. So interesting. Uh, coming up, our number two of the program, we'll talk more about the NBA uh, and the playoffs. What does Golden State have to do tonight to extend to a game seven? And can the Heat hold serve at home and dispose of the New York Knicks? George Faust will join us. We'll talk all about the Raging Cajuns, softball winning and advancing in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament at Lampson Park uh, as they take on Texas State tonight at 7 and the baseball team with a chance to move up into third place if they can take care of business against Texas State at home. So we'll talk all about that. The baseball playoffs for high school is in full, full force, and we'll hit upon that. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I We'll, uh, we'll make some picks along the way. So including, you know, we run this spot about, and I want, I'm saying this for James and for everybody out there. Um, we talk about this spot that we're reading about your man cave. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, I want, I want to know what does a man cave have to have? Let's make your ultimate man cave. What is it? What is it? Let's figure it all out. So we'll discuss that as well. Our number two, the Jordy Holtberg Show, coming up straight ahead here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champions. Can they get back to it? The Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holbert. Our number two of two and away we go on this Friday, May 12th, the year 2023. One hour down, one to go as we head into the weekend. If you missed anything in our number one, well, you can always go on uh, online to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Pull up the Jordy Helpert Show and you can listen to our interview with Bill Frankes and talking LSU baseball against Mississippi State tonight. And Catherine Terrell talking about Saints, um, the rookies, as uh, the rookie camp begins this weekend. We'll see how these players all acclimate themselves and make the transition from the college game to the NFL game. My main man, James Mesh, in the producer's chair inside the EBCO Development Studios. EBCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ, which is 1041 in Lake Charles. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUSI. Fiber. We said it earlier, softball for UL still staying alive in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament as they will take on 
Texas State at 7 o'clock tonight. They um, are on 10-game winning streak, and uh, they're rolling um, at Yvette Girard Field at Lamson Park. The men's baseball team uh, at the Teague, and they'll be taking on Texas State as well on the men's side as they try to um, move up the charts in the Sunbelt Conference regular season standings as Southern Miss, Coastal Carolina, both at 17-7. and seven. Tonight's opponent, Texas State's at 15-9. and nine. The Raging Cajuns and Georgia Southern are at 14-10. and 10. So you win two out of three, you leapfrog over Texas State, you make this thing a little bit of a horse race, depending upon what Southern Miss and Coastal does this weekend. We've got NBA action tonight. Oh, yes, we do. Last night, the Boston Celtics stayed alive, even their best of seven series with Philadelphia at three games apiece with a 95 to 86 win. The 76ers just collapsed down the stretch after a 30 point third quarter, which gave them the lead. Um, they come up with only 13 points in the fourth, get outscored by 11, lose by nine. They just couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Uh, and Jason Tatum caught fire after just an abysmal first three quarters. He hit back to back to back threes and route to about a 14 point um, fourth quarter by himself or 15 point fourth quarter. He outscored Philadelphia by himself. And now they'll have a game seven in Boston this weekend. Yes, indeed. No problems for the Nuggets from Denver. They went into Phoenix and just absolutely made a mockery of the Suns, outscoring them 44 to 26 in the first. They led by 30 at halftime, and then they cruised from there. Not a better player in basketball than Nikola Jokic, the center. He does everything, brings the ball up the court, makes passes, rebounds, makes every shot. He's just he's just sensational. A 32-point, 10-rebound, 12-assist night for the two-time NBA MVP who finished second this year to Joel Embiid. Could have very easily won it again. He's just sensational. So those games are in the books. Now we've got two game sixes tonight. First off, the first matchup of the night in Miami, the Heat with a three-games-to-two lead over the New York Knicks tries to clinch that series. And then they'll await the winner of the Celtics and the 76ers. And the Lakers will try to do the same to the Golden State Warriors in L.A. Up three games to two. Denver's going, come on, Warriors. Extend this thing. Give us some more rest and wear out those legs of those older players. We shall see how the series falls after tonight. Um I love the NBA playoffs. I really do. The Warriors are hopeful that uh, Andrew Wiggins will play in game six. He's got a little uh, torn cartilage in his rib cage, um, a left costal cartilage fracture. He'll go through his pregame routine. Steve Kerr always leaves these decisions up to the medical staff, and uh, and we'll see what happens. As far as Anthony Davis is concerned, um, listed as probable, he's going to play there ain't no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. We'll see if we see um, Jack Nicholson courtside. Yeah, we'll see it. Um, 
LSU basketball will be playing in the uh, in a preseason tournament in Charleston, South Carolina. It's the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic, November 16th through the 17th and the 19th at TD Arena in Charleston, South Carolina. Some of the notable teams, Dayton, Houston, St. John's with Rick Patino in the fray. And speaking of Ricky Patino, St. John's and Patino added the player of the year in the Ivy League. How about that? Jordan Dingle, uh, a Penn transfer, the Ivy League player of the year, the nation's second leading scorer last season, committed to St. John's this morning, giving Rick Patino his best pickup of a busy offseason for the Red Storm. Dingle is the ninth transfer Patino has landed since taking over at St. John's in March, but he's the best of the group, uh, ranked number 11 in ESPN's transfer rankings. Dingle is a 6'3 guard from Valley Stream, New York, on Long Island. He averaged 23 points uh, last season, um, averaged 20.9 as a sophomore. He's He can play, so that would be fun to watch LSU play against Rick Patino and uh, St. John's. That would be that would be fun. So we'll see. Um, Patino trying to get it done back in the Big Apple. So there you go. Uh, the Saints' schedule is out. We know about that. Uh, after two preseason games, they'll open up September 10th against the Tennessee Titans. Then they go on the road for two at the Panthers. Um, a Monday night. 6-15 matchup there, then off to Green Bay, home against the Buccaneers, on the road against the Patriots, then the Texans, back home against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, on the road against the Colts, um, at home against Trevor Fields and the Bears, on the road against the Vikings, the Falcons, back home against the Lions, then the Panthers at home, a tough stretch. They have the Giants at home on Saturday, on December the 17th, then a quick turnaround to the West Coast to take on the Rams on December 21st. The Bucks on the road. They close out the regular season against the Falcons. They play a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Uh, the best quarterbacks they play, maybe Matthew Stafford has a bounce-back year for the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff for the Lions. Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. Justin Field of the Bears. And after that, it's a bunch of, I mean... I guess Ryan Tannehill gets the start for the Titans, I guess. Um, for the Panthers, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be the Red Rifle? I don't know. Packers, Jordan Love, Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, Texans, Stroud, Colts, who? Uh, so Saints apparently have the second weakest schedule, second easiest schedule in the league. Maybe it's based upon um, – the quarterbacks that they have to face. Saints got their quarterback. He's a veteran. So we'll see. The predictions are rolling in. Rolling in. Um, well, I'll reserve my right to do that at a later date. All right. Coming up in this hour, as per the norm, George Faust from KLFY will join us. We'll talk all about the Cajuns and whatever. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make some uh, predictions and some have share some thoughts on a myriad of topics. So we're glad you're with us on this Friday, May the 12th. We'll take our first time out of our number two when we come back. George Faust here. Stay with us.
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app. It's now your one-stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Download the free F-R-E-E mobile app today from your Apple or Android device. Just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's up, George? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good. good. Where are you, man? Oh, we just uh, just got the kids and we're headed uh, headed to the house right quick. Awesome. There. Hey, kids. Just want to say a quick hello. It's It's the guy that always bothers your dad on a Friday, but. I know you're happy because it's Friday. You don't have school tomorrow, so so that's a good thing. I'm 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 curious, George. Uh, I know you got one because um, you're a wealthy wealthy sportscaster. Um, your man cave. What's essential man cave? How many TVs in your man? How many do you have to have in a man cave? So it's funny you ask this because you know we recently moved into a new house, so uh, it, my man cave is not fully set up yet. But okay. uh, I, 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 but I would love to win that because I would love for somebody to come help me out and kind of set it up <laughs> a little better than I, I set it up for myself. But uh, I digress. Uh, got to have at least two TVs. More than likely, you got to have three TVs if you if you're really yes. doing it right. You yes. got to be able yes. to watch. Uh, in the words of Elvis, you got to be able to watch all three networks. Uh, okay. So if you go to Graceland and in, in, in Graceland, you walk in and to the right. He's got the room where he had three TVs in there, so he can watch every network. Anyway, uh, but you do you do need more than one TV in, in your man cave. Yes. See, uh, yes. definitely have to have that. You got to have some what's kind pri- of game. What's what's priority number two? And then we'll get on to some more topical things uh, here. Priority access number to, yeah. access to a beverage of some sort, whether, okay. whatever, whether you have a little fridge. You have a bar set up somewhere. That that's 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 paramount. Okay. And then, okay. Good. And so so entertainment and and uh, beverages. Entertainment beverages. All right. Um, it's been entertaining. Good good segue <laughs> to the Sun Belt Conference softball tournament. Um, uh, the Cajuns win again, three to one on a ten game winning streak. They beat uh, you know. UL Monroe, and now they've got Texas State coming up tonight at uh, at seven o'clock. I mean, they're really good, and they're I, who who's their who's their biggest challenger? I, I mean, look, I think you look at South Al, you look at Texas State; those two teams are, are are the teams that maybe could give them a little trouble. And you know, they did all, everything they needed to do last night. Uh, to get the win, it was a little closer than I thought it was going to be, especially yeah. since you, we just watched them play UL Monroe uh, last week, right? So, uh, but they they take care of business, and that's all it's about right now. 
And you heard Coach Glasgow talk about on Monday how they're playing tournament ball now. You got to win, you survive, you advance. That type of mentality. And yeah, so it doesn't yeah. matter if you win two one or fifteen to two. It doesn't right. matter. Just as long as you get the win, and that, I think that's the mindset they're trying to put themselves into. Because look, I, if they if they go through the go through the Sun Belt tournament, like many of us expect them to do, uh, then they're probably hosting right. I mean, they're hosting a region, yeah. and so yeah. we're we're looking at. Uh, I know what this place is like once a regional uh, is being held here. The, the softball fans for the Cajuns are are second to none. And they get loud, and it's a, it's a very, very much a home field advantage when it comes to this situation uh, of them hosting a game, uh, a tournament game, in in Lambson. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I think to answer the initial question, I think Texas State. This is going to be an interesting game because I think they're one of those teams that can always challenge them. South Al's always tough, uh, and I'm not sure what happened today or earlier today in the in the tournament, but. Uh, uh, I'll look at that in a second, in a little bit here when I when I get to work. So, yeah, don't don't do it the, when uh, you're driving. But Sam Landry gave up a run <laughs> in the second, and then they didn't touch her. She gave up uh, uh, one run on two hits, struck out seven, walked one in seven innings. She went the distance, 104 pitches. Um, who does Coach Glasgow go to today, in your opinion? Does Landry get the ball here, again? Here's the beautiful thing about this, Jordy, and we've talked about it on this show time and time again during the season, is they, they've always had two, definitely one great good pitcher, two good pitchers sometimes over, over the Glasgow era. This year they've got three, and that's where the difference is. That's, that's, so it doesn't matter who's in the circle, whether it's Megan or Sam at this point. I think, I think you go – if it's me, I, I probably go with Megan just because you know you just showed off Sam a little bit. Now you go right. go give uh, Megan Shoreman a shot, and let her, her her get her get her feet wet in the tournament atmosphere, and uh, and then if you need somebody else, you can go to your bullpen. And you know Justin Justin Robichaud, their the, the pitching coach, obviously has done a phenomenal job. Coach Glasgow's uh, praised him time and time again during the season, but he's got the weapons now. He's got. Uh, a plethora of 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 uh, pitchers in the bullpen that I don't think they have to worry about it. I think you go, but I'd go with Megan tonight, just because you get her experience, get her that mindset of hey, we're in a tournament. This is kind of a it's a different feel once you get in a tournament, right? Especially a single elimination tournament. Gotcha. George Faust, um, KLFY on the men's side of things. Um, they got a chance to, to, to improve their positioning in the conference. I've said it earlier, Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina are 17 and 7. Their opponent tonight, Texas State, has a, a one game lead over the Raging Cajuns. They're at 15 and 9. Um, Matt Deggs' club is 14 and 10 with Georgia Southern at 14 and 10. So you win two out of three. Higher math tells me you surpass Texas State and get into the third spot. So where are we? Are we with the Raging Cajuns um, when think, it comes to baseball? Yeah, I, I, I think I think Coach Deggs is at they're at a a real uh, 
vital point of their season right now. I mean, this you have to win these games. You have to win this series. I think uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna determine what kind of momentum you go into the Sun Belt Conference tournament with, and whether or not you can you know defend your uh, your tournament championship. And, and I, I think you know he's not going with Jake Hammond tonight to start. So uh, Jake's going to start on Sunday, which is an interesting theory, but, uh, but you know, or an interesting, uh, you know, mindset. I, I think right. it could work, to be honest with you. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that the importance of this series is paramount for them with regards to their confidence and, like you said, the standings. Because what's going to happen is if you don't win this one, you're really putting yourself behind an eight ball, putting yourself in a situation where when you get to the tournament, you know, it's, it's, you got to win the whole thing. And they got, they probably have to win the whole thing anyway to get in, which they can do. That's, they have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, you know, you want to give yourself all the best, uh, the momentum going into that situation. Who's the MVP of this team? We know for LSU, it's they're going to split it. They're going to have co-MVPs. Yeah. They're going to have Dylan Cruz, and they're going to have Paul Skeens. Who's the MVP yeah. of the Cajuns this year? Who's their guy? I, you know, I, I, I really like Heath Hood. Um, he, he's, he's just so, he's so clutch. The guy has turned into the, the clutchest player uh, that 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 they have. I mean, Connor Higgs came on has come on as of late. Uh, you know, a, a little disappointing, and and it's kind of hard to say disappointing when you're talking about Carson Rockefeller because the guy is such a good player uh, that mm-hmm. you know you we expected so much out of that guy this season, and he's just doing his job and doing a good job, but we expected a little bit more from him. So, uh, but I, I would say uh, uh, Hood uh, is probably the, the the guy who stands out, who's been just clutch when it comes to it. When you need something, you go to him, and uh, I think that that in my mind, he's he's the guy you got kind of got to crown with that title. That's fair. George Faust with us. Um, you're an NFL fan, a Saints fan. You saw the schedule yeah. release. What do you think yeah. of the Saints and? Uh, Saints to the Super Bowl? Come on, George. Come on. Look, Jordy, look, you said it earlier. I was listening. You said it earlier. They have the second easiest schedule, right? So why not? Dude, I'm game for the Super Bowl. Let's do it. I'm up. You know, (laughs) there's no, no, you know, people always overlook it. I mean, you know, a buddy of mine was texting me earlier, and he was like, hey, you know, it stinks. So, of course, the NFL, you know, does it to the Saints again, sticks it to the Saints again. We got to play, what is it, like six on the road to start the year, something five of six on there's the a, road to start the year. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got, it, but I'm like, who cares? Look who you're playing. The, the crap see, of the NFL. Like, it, it, see, I mean, look. Um, people might look at the Saints and go, oh, we get to play the crap of the, uh, you know, NFC South or whatever. But, but if you honestly look at it, I'm all like, I think that's great. We get to play, you know, teams that we know we can beat. We can, we know we can beat the the the, the NFC South. That that's that's a a no 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 brainer. I mean, we the Saints can compete in that with the team we've got. I think the all I think you know we're going to be surprised a little bit by. 
the production of the Saints offense this year, uh, more so than I think people are kind of downplaying, you know, that car and what he can do. But he's got Look. some serious weapons, you know. I, I, people laugh and they can say what they want. But I'm telling you, behind closed doors, when they come up with the, the strength of these schedules, they're not going to admit it, but they look at, oh, man, the Saints are playing a lot of rookie, against a lot of rookie quarterbacks, um, against a Jordan Love, against a Mac Jones. Um, you know, they may be playing against yeah. Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, they look at that stuff when they come up with these strength of schedules. They won't admit it. They won't admit yeah. it. But I promise right, you, right, that's right. what comes into play. No, absolutely. And look, and that look, the Saint, the Saints have a veteran defense, right? I mean, they, they've got yeah. to, they got to fill some holes here and there. We know that they they always do. But uh, I mean, if you you have guys who understand, you know, getting to the quarterback, and you can you can alter that uh, younger kid. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be. I, I think. It, I think it sets up for a very successful season for the Saints. They, 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 I know a lot of people are frustrated because they didn't, you know, they don't have some key marquee games, or they got to play two Thursdays, or you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. Go, so, so go play. The teams That's are right. playing. You That's have right. the opportunity to, to to win a lot of games this year if you look at that schedule. And then I, I mean, always if, go I, back if I go to... looking through that schedule, I'm gonna be like, I can't say win every time but it's win 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 <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not going to derail the 1972 dolphins but uh no. yeah they i think there's a chance just, to, to to win some ball games i just always remember the saints opening up against the wash back in the day they were the washington redskins and they had a rookie quarterback making his first start in the nfl and robert griffin the third went nuts he never played near that <laughs> Ever, ever again, but for one game, he was a superstar, and he beat the Saints up and down the field. They couldn't stop him. I'm like, oh Lord! So that, you never that, know what's going to happen. You never know. I will. I, I will tell you this: it seems like the Saints are the perfect medicine for young quarterbacks. Though we uh, make quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, look like Dan Marino. And Joe yeah. Montana, and it, it, it's it's amazing how that happens to us in the past. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. that trend does not continue in the future it, it, coming up in this season. <laughs> George Faust, you have the most well-disciplined, well-mannered children in the world. Keep up the good work, you and your bride. Get that man cave fixed up soon, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, Jordy. Thanks so much. I'll uh, I'll let the wife know that uh, you think our kids are well mannered because that's gonna as that'll go a long way, my friend. <laughs> there you go. It's it is what it, it's the truth. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back. Um, George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will uh, banter about next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score great prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. How about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen? They're both 
in Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Come on, man. It's free. It's simple. What are you waiting for? Sign up today. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back 36 minutes after the hour. It's official. Josh Harris, the co-owner of the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers and the NHL's New Jersey Devils, now has an NFL team in his portfolio after his group finalized a deal to buy the Washington Commanders from previous owners Dan and Tanya Snyder. Both sides announced that today. Can you guess who one of the owners under the Josh Harris group is Irvin Magic Johnson. Now he's got an NFL team that he owns. Go ahead, Irvin. We welcome in my buddy George Becknell along with James Mesh. It's our Friday tradition. Hello, George. How are you? Jordy, I'm I'm fantastic, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. You boy, you must have a big meeting, big client meeting. Got the Got the tie on, looking slick. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's been, yeah. it's been a hell of a day, Jordy. <laughs> well, that's it's almost over, baby. You can you can unwind it, and it leads me to my first question for both of you, young men. Uh, we're promoting um, improving your boring, outdated man cave. So, in your perfect man cave, how many TVs are a minimum in your man cave, George Becknell? Well, Jordy, uh, I think in my perfect man cave, all I need is one. But oh. it's about, it's not about how many TVs; it's about the inches. So I think I would go at least eighty-five inches minimum Just, in my okay. perfect man cave. Cave. Yep. All right, uh, James Mesh, your turn. Uh, how I'm, many? I'm I'm with George on this. If you're gonna have one TV, it's got to be really big. But if you're gonna multiply it into like three, four TVs, then you can be fine with 40 to 50 inches. But if you're only going to have a small amount, it's got to be a bigger screen. Okay. I don't like the TVs where it's one TV and a bunch of little squares in it, you know, and, and you can, yeah, find, yeah. I, no, 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 I don't like that. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have three pretty big ones, three pretty big ones. Um, Cause I'm gonna have a big wall in my man cave. What's number two on your list, George, what do you have to have? So for me, I got. I'm all about the vibe. So actually, what I've done over over the last few years, I have a jersey collection of like my favorite players. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to frame those bad boys, and I'm going to have them hanging around the man cave, kind of like like they're hanging out of the rafters. So it's like okay. my favorite players. I got you. Just so you're, surrounded you're, around the room. Yours is the vibe, James Mesh. What's next for you? I mean, you got to have couches and love seats. You got to have that type of stuff for people that want to sit. There's going to be the nerve sitters. Then there's going to be the nerve standers. But you also need the sports memorabilia because you got to show off what you got over the years. Whether you got jerseys, signed balls, helmets, 
cleats, like whatever you got, you gotta show it off. All right, I've gotta have, I've gotta have toys. So I've gotta have a ping pong table, I've gotta have a dart board, and I gotta have a Pac Man uh, machine. I gotta Ooh, have those things because there's more. You know, when there's commercial breaks, you got to do something. When it's halftime, you got to do something. When it, you know, you got I got to play ping pong. Got to do something. So, all right, I like that. Okay, speaking of um, half times, um, we got two game sixes tonight, George. Let's start with uh, the New York Knicks at Miami. Miami with a three games to two lead. Do they close it up tonight? Absolutely, Miami closes out tonight. Um, Jalen Brunson had a, val- a valiant God. effort uh, uh, in the Garden to, to extend to extend that series. He, I, I feel like he plays with a chip on his shoulder, man. He's trying to prove his stardom. Um, yep. He was kind of like a sidekick in Dallas, so he's trying to show he's the man. Um, but he's not Jimmy Butler, and I think Jimmy Butler tonight is gonna go crazy, and they go and, and they go close it out in front of their their home. You know, speaking of halftime, that's when all the fans show up. So uh, it's gonna be an impactful second half. Miami is the Miami. worst. My God. And they disappear after halftime, and it takes them midway through the third quarter to get back. James Mesh. Who you like, the Knicks or the Heat? Oh, I got to take the Heat in this one. In game five, I mean, Jimmy Butler, he did pretty well. He still had 19 points, dished out quite a few assists. Like, he was still definitely a part of the game. But in that one, it felt like he was really passive. He wasn't really doing his thing. He had minimal shot attempts. I think in this one, you're back in Miami. You got the home crowd. You're still yeah. up three to two. You got to take care of business because now Boston and Philly, they're going to a game seven and they're going to play on Mother's Day. So at that point, right. you got to get the win and get this series over with because you can't let them linger too much longer. I'm with you. Um, he's got to go hunt shots early. He's got to get involved quickly because everybody else around him evolves when he's playing well and that crowd gets into it. So I'm with you. Give me the heat in this one. I need y'all's help on the next game. Warriors <laughs> at the Lakers. Lakers lead it three games to two. George, help me. What do you think? Jordan, I, I think it's just only so so bad that Poole can Jordan Poole can shoot. I think eventually Clay Thompson's gonna make an appearance in this series. Not only am I predicting that the uh that the Warriors win, I got the Warriors in seven. I think I think that the role is reversed. I think I think okay. Steph Curry, you know, comes back after being down three one to LeBron, kind of a little revenge like, for that final like series. LeBron did you know, to him. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I just don't believe uh Anthony Davis is a hundred percent healthy after after uh suffering what looks like to me a concussion. And he's he hasn't been consistent the whole series. And the Lakers need him at a hundred percent if they're gonna win. Um so for all the reasons and above, I got Clay, I got I got Steph, I got the Splash Brothers having a vintage couple of games, and I say Warriors in seven. Can Draymond Green just keep his cool for forty eight minutes? Can he not go ballistic and go nuts? It's impossible. Not possible. Not possible. James not possible. Mesh. James Mesh. Jack Nicholson will be courtside. All the stars will be out. <laughs> LeBron, he doesn't want to go to a game seven. Does he wrap it up? No, I. I'm with uh, every everything that George just said. Vintage Game Six, Clay. Going to Game Seven, have the reverse order. There's even a little dog on TikTok where she picks games by booping the nose into the trash can with the coordinated team. Really? She had yeah. it. She had it 
game for game so far. She had the Lakers being up three to one, like winning the last two, and then the last three going to the Warriors with that trash can. And I agree with her. I'm I'm agreeing with the little dog. I'm taking the Warriors tonight, and I'm taking the Warriors in Game Seven to win the series. Okay, that would be uh, that would be great. I, I or uh, you'll find out early if Clay Thompson's making some shots. And I think Steph Curry has to go off. I think he has to mm-hmm. take over. He has not been efficient from three and 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 do his thing. I really do. Um, for them, just like Jimmy Butler, I think for the Heat to close it out, I think he has to have one of those games. I think Steph Curry has to have one of those games. And Clay Thompson, I don't think he's going to be a volume shooter, but he better be a high percentage shooter in this one for the uh, the Warriors to to survive in advance. I, I'm hoping they will. We'll I, I, we shall see. We shall see. Either way, guys, is anybody going to beat the Denver Nuggets and Jokic? <laughs> Seriously. I think I think Jordan. If you if if the Warriors advance, I think they have a better shot to beat the Nuggets. I will still pick the Nuggets in in six or five, depending on who they play. But if anybody has a shot to beat them, it's the Warriors because I don't think the Lakers have enough scoring power to keep up with them, and I definitely don't like the AD versus Jokic matchup for the Lakers. Um, the it's Warriors can get hot. No, you can't. And, and the Warriors can get hot and start and start making shots and beat anybody at any given night. So I think the Warriors have a shot, but I will still, no matter who comes out of this series, Denver has to be the favorite. Denver's a favorite. Uh, James, you, you agree, disagree? I completely agree. I mean, both teams yeah. for the Lakers and Warriors, whoever wins, I don't think it matters because they get either gentlemen swept or losing six because Denver's that much better. And yeah, both of those good. teams are just wait, have been way too inconsistent this year. The Lakers have definitely improved, but yeah, they it's, they just you, haven't been on the the Nuggets level. James, who you got? Game seven, Celtics, Sixers, the C's. Give me the C's because I oh, I don't right. believe You're a Celtic fan. I, absolutely, but yeah. I also don't believe in Doc Rivers. He's blown all these three to one leads, all these three two leads, and do you really believe that the Sixers can win three games in the Garden? I don't. The Boston Celtics have played the most Game 7s in NBA history, and if not, they're very close up there. They have the experience. We've seen it plenty of times last year with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't believe in the Sixers. Okay, George? I don't know, Jordy. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> this is the most confusing series I've ever seen. <laughs> it life. is. Like, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like nobody wants to win this series. And and if I if – I don't trust anybody in this series. I don't trust Harden to be consistent. I don't trust yeah. Tatum to be consistent. Jalen yeah. Brown, Embiid, and but the Celtics coach doesn't have the track record that that Doc Rivers had. Doc Rivers is the most overrated coach, and 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 the guy who who's made a career off of one championship for fifteen years. I, I'm going with the Celtics only because the seven seasons has more people I don't believe in. So just for process elimination, I'm going to just, just for the heck of it, I'm going with the Sixers and the, and the MVP and Embiid. We'll see. All right, the Saints' schedule is out. You got them going 17 and 0, George. What you got, Jordy? I, I, I don't. I think this team wins 11 <laughs> games at least. I mean, if you look at it, I'm, I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on the offense. We know the defense can play at a high level, but if you look at the schedule, 
the schedule is favorable. The Saints have the second easiest Easy, schedule so they said, based yeah. off of a winning percentage of last year. Now, we know nothing in the NFL is easy. But the Saints division is terrible. I think they're the best team in a terrible division. And I, I seriously think they win about 11 games and they, and they represent the NFC South in the playoffs. All right, James Mesh. Even though I know the, you don't like my theory about quarterbacks, but it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, all the power to you. <laughs> to me, <laughs> when I look at the schedule, yeah, it looks sexy. It looks juicy. But to me, there's so much parity. Like, you can look at a bunch of these teams. They only have four teams that won at least nine games last year on the schedule. But a lot of the other teams had a lot of had eight wins. So they very easily could turn the corner and win two more games and have a really well winning record I think the Saints end up winning either nine or ten games because I'm not completely sold on this coaching staff the weapons that they have on offense Derek Carr the offensive line looks nice the defense still looks really good but at the end of the day the coaching staff is what matters to me is going to be the difference maker of them either winning eight or nine games or winning 12 plus with this supposedly really easy schedule Okay. Yeah, there's no such thing as an easy schedule. All these guys get paid right. handsomely. So um, health will be very, very important. Um, and I agree with both of y'all with the coaching staff. How, how does this offense evolve and 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 get better? Um, so we'll see. I'm going to give the Saints double-digit wins. I'm going to give them 10, maybe 11. What the heck? What That's the fair. Heck? Um, That's fair. And, Anything else? So uh, okay, so we we got the we got the TV, we got the the sofas, we got the memorabilia, we got the toys. Um, gotta have a bar, right? Gotta have a Tiki Hut bar or something. At least a fridge yeah, to hold what, it. That's what I was thinking. A big a big a big big uh, cooler um, that you can put multiple types of beers or whatever it is that you prefer to imbibe waters, whatever. Sure. Got to have that, and 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 critical to me. Got to have an ice maker. Got to have an ice maker. You, you got to have an ice maker, and you also have have to have. When you say the bar, I want to be specific. You have to have a physical bar. Like it has right. to have some type of some type of sports themed bar stool, yep. a counter. You have to yep. ha- you have to be able to showcase your favorite bottles that you have in there. You got like, beer on like tap. It's part of the look. You, yeah, you, you know you they got the. <laughs> They got that bar from Cheers that's being auctioned off. Maybe, maybe go buy that, where everybody Man, look, knows your name. I, I'd, I'd love to buy that, but some something tells me that that's going to be a little bit out of my price range. So that's I think I'm big, just leaving it there. That's a pretty big man cave if you can do that. Pretty big one, <laughs> right? Okay. Correct. All right. Well, that was good. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, we'll see how, how I, I don't keep track of our predictions, but I know I'm beating both of y'all badly. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. We'll, George, have we'll a, see if we can make up some ground with this Warriors in seven. Yeah. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thank you, James. Right, thank you as too. well. We'll come back. We'll wrap it all up. Another week in the books here on the Jordy Heltberg show. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets, 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. 
Man, I'm telling you, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you, you just can't shop right at all. My ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many games to play, so many opportunities to win, but you can't win until you start playing. DC's Little Capital Exxon, I-10 at the Henderson Cecilia exit with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger I've ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, uh, finishing touches. Don't forget LSU baseball pregame show 7 o'clock. First pitch 730 here on the game. Special thanks to all of our guests Bill Frankes, who previewed the series against Mississippi State. Catherine Terrell, talking about the Saints, a rookie camp this weekend. George Faust, all things KLFY, all things uh, Acadiana. Good luck to the Cajun softball team as they try to survive and advance. And for the baseball team, big series against Texas State. George Becknell, James Mesh, as always. So, uh, James, thank you for all that you do each and every day. Greatly appreciate that. Thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do. Radio, uh, internet, uh, television, we're here, there, everywhere. So we greatly appreciate that. Our partners, you know, we, we really couldn't do it without you. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, time and time and time again you've been terrific um, i hope everybody has a fabulous friday and even better weekend and that you come back monday so we can recap everything that happened in the world of sports on monday same time two to four same great stations 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles until then i'm jordy helper stay thirsty my friends do everything you can to stay healthy let's be kind to one another And please be happy. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Until next time, have a great one. So long, everybody.